Psalm 65, 9, the scripture says, Thou visited the earth and water it, greatly enriched it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou prepared them corn when thou hast so provided for it. You water the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou make it soft and showers. Blessed the, sp the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy past drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness. The little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks, and the valley is also covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. For a few moments, I want to talk about God's blessings on the new year. Uh, psalm 65 is a very powerful psalm. Uh, the climax of this psalm, it's a stanza as fresh as the, uh, the, the fertility that it's trying to exemplify here and talk about. And I remind you, it puts every harvest song uh, to shame. As you read this psalm, it's almost like you can feel the water, the rain uh, beating you right in the face. It's almost like you can see uh, the crops coming up out of the ground. It's almost like you can see the wagons carrying the bountiful harvest and watching it fall off the side uh, even as they go. And yet we know this entire song has three directions. Uh, first of all, whether speaking of God and the temple courts, in verses 1 through three, uh, 4, or whether it's talking about his uh, vast domain uh, in verses 5 through 8, or whether it's talking about the hills and valleys, which is handiwork, uh, springs into life uh, there in 9 through 13. The reason for this psalm is obvious. Uh, we seems to be centered around an autumn festival. And we know the spring rains come, uh, the, the, the crop is planted, and the harvest comes. It's important that the harvest come uh, because when the harvest comes, uh, the, the produce is used in much of the fall festivals of that year. Uh, they, they anticipate that a harvest is going to come uh, because the harvest will be used in the first fruit of Passover, uh, the first fruit, first fruit offerings uh, that will come their way from time to time. At whatever event or season is celebrated, I remind you it brings glory to God as the provider and the blesser, and I remind you He is the giver of all things today. Every good and perfect gift that we have, it comes down from the Father above. Now I believe in Psalm 65, 1 through 4, uh, we see the God of grace. In 5 through 8, we see the God of might. But we see in 9 through 13, the God of plenty. The God that we serve is a good enough God and a big enough God to meet any and all needs that we have anywhere throughout this upcoming year. The verse indicates that God is near us at all times. In 65, 9, the words thou visitest express a biblical thought that we see. He is near us to meet our need. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches that be in glory uh, by Christ Jesus the Lord. He is the sustainer of life. He gives the bountiful crop in order that we might live abundantly, in order that we also may have a life will be sustained in your life and mine. Notice verse 9 said uh, that he also prepares the corn for harvest. He's a God of abundant blessing. Anytime you come to God, he does more than you and I can ask or think. Uh, remember when the multitude was hungry uh, the Bible said that uh, as they he prayed over the few loaves of bread and fish not only were the 5,000 fed but there were basketfuls uh, that was carried away uh, when they cast the nets out into the, 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 through the sea and they fished all night long and caught nothing but when the nets were brought in they had to bring in more boats uh, in order to put all the fish in he's a God of abundance our friend God doesn't want to bless us he wants to abundantly bless us God doesn't want 
want to just use us. He wants to abundantly use us. And I'm grateful to know that God's in our midst today. It also said in verse 11, Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy past drop fatness. Again, this is a powerful verse of scripture. Uh, the line speaks of the year of bounty. The entire year is a gift from God. And just as he allows the spring rains uh, to come uh, to make the ground ready, uh, as, the, as the seed goes into the ground and then his harvest comes uh, in the fall, God says, I am going to make the dry places fat for you. Uh, visualize, if you will, a wagon uh, full of produce. And wherever you go, the produce has fallen off the wagon because there's so much of it. A friend, I'm here to tell you, let's get the wagons ready this year. Don't worry about the mule going blind. Let's just load the wagon this year and see what God will put in that wagon uh, for the glory of his name today. Thy past drip fatness, he said. Again, that's the rich laden cart uh, dropping its contents uh, there within the tracks. Again, this is a poetic figure of God pouring out latter rain as he passes by and he does more for us that we're able to ask or think. He said this would happen in the wilderness as well. Note what he said here. The wilderness is mentioned in the context of agricultural settings again. Uh, often in the wilderness or in the dry places, it's drab and it's dry and it's sparse. But the Bible said here, referring to the hills and so forth, God said even those dry places are going to spring forth in abundance. Uh, there'll be flowers and there'll be grass and there'll be abundance of everything God wants you to have. The meadows will be full. The fields will be full. The entire landscape will be full because God wants a harvest to be produced for the church. God indeed is a faithful God. 2016 comes to an end. Whatever happened in that, that year for you or me is now recorded in the annals of history. For some, they've said it's the best year I've ever had. For some said it was not that good. And for others, they said it's the worst year that I've ever had in my life. For some of us, we feel like <clears throat> that there were many opportunities. And for many of us, there were several challenges. Some of us passed and some have failed. Uh, some of us have powerful testimonies and some of us just have the moanings. Let me to tell you something, my friend. Today, we all have good and bad memories of this past year. But I'll tell you one thing. Here's some memories I've had of this past year. I, on my way to prayer early one morning, about a quarter to seven, I was hit by a big old truck down here on 98 coming to work. And all of a sudden, I heard this boom. I went, uh-oh. I saw it in my rearview mirror. And I went off to the side of the road. I thought, I can go on. My car is running. But you know what? The whole right side was gone of that car. My, flat, my tire was flat. I got out, not a scratch on me, didn't feel anything. And all of a sudden looked across the street and there was another car in a tree. And they had to cut the tree down and get the jaws of life to get the people out of that car. I thought, God, you indeed have blessed me and kept me safe. I remember my grandson putting words together and making sentences this year. And what a blessing uh, that has been to me. I remember being by too many bedsides in the hospital and being by too many funeral homes uh, as we buried our friends and our family members uh, this past year. I remember moving into this beautiful building about five and a half six months ago after all the years of planning and praying and organizing and strategizing and here we are enjoying the blessings and the favor of God today. I remember many of my friends and your friends that's moved away this past year and we'll never see them again until we get the other side of eternity. Other prayers that God has answered, the quiet miracles that you and I have been able to enjoy and the blessings both at home and also here in the church. But I'm also reminded of new friends that God has sent our way and new people 
people that God is sending our way and the souls that have been saved this past year, uh, those that have been healed by the power of God this past year and those that have been baptized in the Holy Ghost this past year. But I'm also reminded of the prayers that are yet to be answered that God is faithful and he said I will do abundantly uh, for you this year. Psalm 65 is considered a national psalm of praise to give God praise for his goodness. I remind you it was apparently sung after the spring rain. Friend, if you've gone through a drought in your world and the rain begins to come, you've got something to shout about. If you've gone through a drought, and we've been in droughts in Florida, have we not? I remember times we prayed, oh God, send the rain, send the rain. And when that rain came, what a refreshing it was. Many of us are in droughts in our spiritual life, and we're droughts in our physical life, and we're droughts in monetary life, and we're drought in our business. I'm here to tell you, 2017, I believe we can decree that God is going to crown the year with his abundance in our life all the way around, for that's what his word says. I believe it's time to get off underneath Johnny Round crowd and get off underneath the pessimistic cloud and know our God's on the throne and he said I am going to pour out abundant blessing upon you. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the provision of God to get the work done. Notice if you will that God places a crown of favor on this new year. A crown is a special glittering insignia worn by kings and queens and emperors. It was always a crown that was for somebody of royalty. Now we know today that uh, Michael Jackson is supposed to be the king of pop music. Elvis Presley was the king of, of rock and roll. And we know that uh, LeBron James is the king of basketball. That's up for debate in my opinion, but nevertheless, uh, there's all kinds of kings out there. And we put crowns upon people, do we not? Uh, we have the USA pageant and the, and the universe pageant and we place the crowns uh, upon those beauty contestants and we, we look at them as being very important. But crowns identify with royalty. But I'm here to tell you, in this world, crowns come and go uh, because somebody dethrones somebody else or, or somebody with more charisma or giftings uh, come on the spot and they're gone. But God crowns us today, my friend, and those crowns are given to us by God that we will be able to enjoy throughout eternity. And one day, the crowns that God gives us, uh, we will be able to take off our head and lay at the feet of Jesus Christ in worship and adoration to our God for the faithfulness the way he used us upon this earth while we were here. The Bible identifies God's people as a royal priesthood crowned by God himself. Psalm 65, 11 said, God crowns the year. Yes, his grace will crown us every day this coming year. That does not mean we won't have challenges. That does not mean that we won't have problems. Notice, if you will, uh, the crowns mentioned in Scripture. In 2 Timothy 4, 8, Paul, Paul remembering the Isthmus game, speaks about a crown of righteousness. James 1, 12, we read about a crown of life. Isaiah 61, 3 talks about a crown of beauty. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 25 reminds us about an eternal crown. Peter says a crown of glory. Isaiah 51, 11 talks about everlasting joy will crown the believer's head. And the Bible talks about a soul winner's crown. I'm here to believe my friend this year God is going to crown the year as he crowns us to fulfill the word of God and to fulfill the will of God in our life and when we come to the end of this year by the grace of God should we live and he tarry we're going to have a lot of sheaves to give to God. A lot of victory to give to God. A lot of healing to give to God. A lot of praise to give back to God for the things he's done that he said he would do. The crown of favor, God gives us a beautiful harvest. Many countries, including the United States, 
each year have some form of an indication or plan of action. Churches have them as, as mission statements or insignias or whatever to keep before us. We had the Horizon Bill capital campaign. You talk about Horizon Bill, we knew what that meant. Our monies were being invested in order that we could build this building to watch it come up out of the ground, and we did until we was able to have it. We understand that throughout the years, we've heard about the age of Aquarius. We've heard about the year of the cat, the year of the moon, the year of children, or the year of shelter. 2015 was termed the International Year of Light and Light Technology. 2016 was entitled uh, the Year of the Pulses, dealing with agriculture. And 2017 has been labeled the Year of Suitable Tourism uh, for Development. Well, let the world call the year what they want. I call this a year of God's bountiful supply. Glory to God. The Bible said His bountiful supply will rest upon us in the year 2017. The Bible said here that God is a God of goodness. Look in verse 2. He answers our prayer. Let me tell you, friend, there's many opportunities for prayer at this church. Take advantage of them. At 7 o'clock Monday through Friday, the church is open. Some come as early as 6.15 and some come later than 8 o'clock. But let's get on our face somewhere before God and pray. Brother Charlie leads a Tuesday morning prayer meeting about 30-some folk and they touch the throne of God and the God on that throne and God is moving. Let's be a people of prayer because he answers. He said here in verse 3, he forgives our sin. Thank God we are not a perfect people. Uh, we still sin is within us and we still need the blood of Jesus to cover and thank God if and when we sin we have an advocate with called Jesus Christ our Lord who forgives us of all of our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. In verse 4 he fills us with good things of his house. He fills us with good things of his house. Praise God for the house of God. When I was raised as a kid, a little Methodist church beside of where we lived. In that little Methodist church, they left the doors unlocked all the time. And I loved going to that church because I'd go in about 5.15 every Sunday morning. Nobody there but me. I'd sit in those old big high back chairs and my feet wouldn't hit the floor. Uh, they had a little machine thing here. I had a little bowl in it uh, where they would sprinkle people, call it baptism. And I'd take that thing out and roll it around and it would look like a quarter landing on the floor. I was in that house. You know what? There was peace there. Uh, there was a presence of God there. There was safety in that house. Let me tell you, when we come to the house of God, there are not being a bite backing, bitter biting, or whatever you want to call it, or gossip, or bite, bite biting. Somebody say that word. Backbiting, thank God. I got my, I got my tongue wrapped around my eye tooth. I couldn't see what I was saying, brother. <laughs> shouldn't be no backbiting. There shouldn't be no jealousy. Shouldn't be no envy. You know why? It's a place where we come to God's house, where God's glory is, where God's power is. Where God's grace and mercy and forgiveness is located. Thank God I can come in here and be among friends and be among family. I know you don't have a snipe to put in my back and I don't have one to put in yours. We can come as we are, praise God, and be transparent one with the other and know there are no big eyes and no small U's, but we're one in the body of Christ, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and knowing that we're going to the same place, fighting the same devil and shouting the same victory because it's the house of God. Hallelujah a place of safety. And then the Bible said in verse 5, he answers with awesome deeds. He protects us in verse 7. He does wonders in verse 8. And he sends rain to make the land fertile of an abundant blessing in verses 9 through 13. As I look back on this year, I see the bountiful harvest that God has given to us at this church. Besides providing in supernatural ways, the church is growing with new people that are being saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit, testimonies of healing. Our missions outreach has grown to 100 missionaries a month, $10,000 a month of missions. God bless you for that. I want to put 
Brother Dakota back on the vision committee, and he said, I've got some big dreams this time, Pastor. Praise God. Sparrow Academy. I think about this school of where children come in with discipline problems and behavioral problems. God bless these teachers. You don't know what they go through. You don't know the abuse they take from kids from kindergarten to the eighth grade. Won't you paddle them because they've been beat to death already. That's probably why they've been rebelling, some of them. They need love, and our teachers need mercy and grace and help. Their stomach goes home many times in knots, all because of what they go through. Why do you do it, preacher? Because the kids are worth it. Amen. To see them accept the Lord, it's worth it. Different groups, uh, different ministries that God's ready. I could go on and on and on, but get ready for a bountiful, blessed year. Get ready and get rid of the pessimism in your life. And get up underneath Johnny Raincloud and let everything that had breath praise the Lord and let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. And God's favor is also going to be seen even in the hard places. You crown the year with bountiful harvest, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Look at that again. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. No doubt you and I will face some, if not many, obstacles and challenges and hard places this year. But the psalmist said even the hard pathway overflows with abundance. Yet again, this statement is written in the context of agriculture. God's abundance is spoken of even the most difficult moments and seasons. Let's remind yourselves of this. When God delivered Israel from the, from the bondage of Egypt, when that army came, the Red Sea saw God in that army and it parted. When they were in the wilderness for 40 years running around, and then finally when they come to the Jordan River, the Jordan River saw God in that bunch of people and it began to congeal. When they entered that promised land and there they saw the fortified city of Jericho, the walls saw God in that bunch and they fell down. I remind you when God's favor and God's anointing and God's grace and God's mercy is upon his church, look out whatever's in front because it's got to come tumbling down. You see, it's not me that they see. It's God they see. You know why? Because I've got on God's clothes. I've got the helmet of salvation. I've got the sword of the spirit. I've got the shield of faith. I've got the breastplate of righteousness. My loin is girt with, the with truth and my shoes have the gospel of peace upon them and wherever I go for all the devil knows, it's God on the inside because I have on the clothes that God told me to wear. It's got to come down, praise God, because God says his word will abundantly bless us. Life last year had its challenges. But I'm here to tell you, God helped us meet them. Many of us saw death, saw sickness, saw layoffs, saw divorce, saw separation, got bad news from doctor's reports. The list goes on and on. That was then, but this is now. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. We live for another day. But even in the midst of life's problems, challenges, and setbacks, we still saw the faithfulness of God. Friend, do not take life seriously. No one gets out of it alive. I said don't take life seriously because no one gets out of it alive. If God leads you in hard places, he'll give you some thicker shoes, but he'll see you through it. As we prepare our hearts to see Psalm 65 fulfilled, let's remember our part to give the Lord Jesus Christ first place in all of our lives. Ralph W. Harris, an old Assembly of God guy, has something I want to share with you, and I quote. He said, to achieve spiritual success, do not forget to give God the first hour of the day, the first day of the week, the first part of every paycheck, the first consideration in every decision, and the first place in your heart, end of quote. 
That's a great way to start and live through a new year ahead. Build God around your day. Don't you build your day around God. God gives us a brand new day to start over every year. He gives us a brand new week to start over. He gives us a brand new month to start over. And thank God he gives us a brand new year to start over. Today, my friends, a day to start over.